Welcome to the Drums Anatomy of an Eye podcast, sponsored by ACAST. I'm Amy Houston, reporter at The Drum, and in this series, I'll be chatting with creatives about some of the most talked about ads and dissecting what makes them great. In this week's episode, I'm speaking to Rankin, who's the founder of Rankin Creative. I really hope you all enjoyed today's podcast. Thanks again to Rankin for coming on and sharing his wisdom. And again, thanks so much to our wonderful sponsor, ACAST. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining me. I know how busy you are, um, especially with all the canned stuff going on this week. Thanks um, for having me. No, no, no worries at all. Um, so obviously the last time we spoke, um, I came down to London to see you and Richard at the studio. And you kindly gave me a tour and sort of a, let me see what you guys are up to there. I think there was like a photo shoot going on and stuff. It was super cool. Um, so maybe just for the listeners, you could maybe explain just what you guys are kind of up to at ranking the agency. Yeah, of course. We set up the agency back in 2018, 19. Before that, we had a smaller creative services company called The Full Service. But Richard joined me uh, between 2018 and 19, and we called it or renamed it Ranking Agency, and now we're calling it Ranking Creative yeah, because we're much bigger than just an agency. But we, we wanted to create a creative service company where we would unsilo all the separate elements to it, but add to it production and editorial. Yeah. So if you'd asked me, I don't know, 10 years ago, Rankin, are you going to set up a, an agency? I'd have said, you are crazy. Really? I wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't go anywhere near an agency because I think back then, um, the whole process of, of working with clients was very different. And it was something that didn't interest me because I was really interested in making work. And um, I think that the, the quality of scripts and briefs that I was getting at that time was really high. Mm-hmm. And really the reason that I set up an agency was because I could see as social media started to take hold and the internet started to really separate the kind of, uh, especially, you know, in terms of influencers and creative content for brands it started to separate, you know, what I would say good creative from really bad creative. I could see that there was a real gap for a new type of company that could work fast, but still be good. And that understood the platforms were going to be taking over and would be the main way that work was being consumed by the audience so i started to look at it as a way of of you know creating my own briefs i guess Mm -hmm. essentially like at first um and the main area that i thought would be there would be a gap in was the fashion industry because i could see that you know this idea of one campaign every sort of four to six months with a series of just photographs, wasn't going to cut it with the new audiences. The new audiences wanted this always on 24-7 content, a lot of it being video. Yeah, but it's like you were saying, like with the the new sort of technology, that was actually going to be one of my questions to you, if it's sort of... Because, I mean, everybody 
has a smartphone, everyone, you know, has Instagram, everyone kind of thinks they're a photographer or creative. So has that sort of hindered your process or has it enhanced it? Well, I think it's it's really interesting you ask that question because we work so fast in the agency. We work so quickly that we really reflect that kind of digital first approach, that always on 24-7 approach. Mm-hmm. And that's where I could see a gap. And that's why I started the creative services elements, what we do, because I could see the traditional approach to it from the the more traditional agencies was always going to lose out so for me it was that fashion was initially what I thought would be uh I have a big gap in it because I could really see that this mono sort of singular view of a few images and every six three to six months wasn't going to work I thought they're going to need content they're going to need great creative so we got a few fashion clients and then we got a few kind of other clients and then I really saw that, that there was going to be a massive shift in terms of the speed of delivery, um, how much content you were going to have to create, how many touch points there were going to be. And I could see that if you unsiloed that process and put everybody across the whole thing, you know, and you didn't just have strategy, you didn't just have account handling, but you had editorial you had uh, creative content creation uh, by magazine staff. You had production in-house. That what you could do was make things very, very quickly to a very high level. And you could do- make work that was, you know, uh, broader and, and have more content and more deliverables than you used to have. And I could see that that shift was going to take a while. So really what we have now is something... You could almost call us a really big influencer company because what we do is create cultural content that hopefully cuts through the noise and has that ability to, you know, to really touch the audience, to really connect with the audience. And we don't talk about consumers. Like that word consumer to us is very old-fashioned. And I think that most brands that think of consumers are living in the past. And if you're, if you're a brand that uh, realizes and, and deals with your audience as people, as human beings, where you talk to them and you have a, a, a kind of a dialogue with them, then we're the type of creative service to you because that's what we do. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's interesting what you were saying about sort of like traditional creatives. And obviously you're someone that's been in the industry for so long and you've always kind of pushed boundaries with the, the projects that you've worked on. And there was a there was a project that you did last year with Relate and Ogilvy, and that I just thought that that was so powerful at the time, and it really pushed the sort of narrative of like ageism in advertising, and that's one that you've done recently that's really stuck with me. So, how important is it to you, maybe, to to continue to push boundaries, especially within photography and advertising? Very important. I mean, I think it's kind of my ethos and the reason I started a creative services company or an agency was because I wanted to take more control over that. I wanted to do projects that were around taboo. So, for example, I've, I've got an, a real, I've, since my parents passed away, I've had a real obsession with death and how unprepared we are for death. You gave me your book, actually. To, exactly. And yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah, it's on my coffee table. So, yeah. 
And the thing about that book is it's a brand, it's a brand um, supported book. So we did it for Royal London, Royal London Insurance Company. They deal with um, end of life uh, insurance, whether it's for your funeral or just for your, you know, for your, for, for you getting old. And, um, and um, we persuaded them to do a project around death, which is a pretty big ask really. Yeah. But what we created was this brilliant book, called How to Die Well, which is still free. You can still get it on the Royal London website. And that book really will help you deal with, um, you know, somebody possibly getting terminal or somebody getting old. And it gives you a kind of step-by-step guide of how to deal with that. As somebody that was is, is terminal yourself or somebody that in your fa- somebody in your family getting mm-hmm. terminal. So that as a, as a kind of piece of marketing, is really interesting because it's it's got no f- photographs in it. None of my pictures are in it, but it deals with a subject that's really close to my heart because uh, when my parents passed away, I was so unprepared for it. And I just don't understand. I couldn't understand why there's so many books on, on having babies, yet very, very few books on dying. So yeah, projects like that to me or the Relate Project. And, and also we don't see ourselves as an agency that only want to work with you know, our clients, we want to work with everybody. We don't, we love working with celebrity. We love having relationships. You know, we just put Kit Connor on the cover of Hunger and it's had over 650,000 likes already this morning. So that, that idea of working with celebrity and bringing them into brand work, and that's really interesting because, you know, how many times have people been in a situation where they paid someone a million quid and the person doesn't even want to be there, you know, whereas for us, what I'm trying to do is, is say, find the people that do want to be there. I've, I've been in situations where I'm photographing someone and I'm going, wow, they're getting a million quid and they're like acting like this. It's like they obviously don't believe in the brand at all. Whereas why not just find the people that actually do believe in the brand? So, yeah. you know, for me, that, that, that's where we're a bit different. We try and take what we learn editorial almost on the front line of culture and then bring it to the brands so the brands can feel like you know this is an honest and authentic discussion yeah definitely so you're not just pigeonholing yourself into one sort of sector be it fashion or celebrity or whatever you're kind of branching out and encompassing everything and I think as well what you were saying with the campaign with Relate and obviously the campaign about dying that obviously takes an element of trust between the client and and you guys how important is the the relationship with brands i think the relationship with brands i mean there's a really great saying is that uh, brands aren't on uh you know two-dimensional companies they're the people that work in the in the companies and i think that that's so important to have those relationships and have that trust and have that communication and sometimes it it doesn't work you know sometimes the, the, the best brands that we work with are the ones that want to be pushed. They want to be scared. They want to be excited. But, you know, sometimes you do have to do, you know, the, 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 the very basic work just about maintaining a brand value or a, a brand message. Um, but, you know, you don't come to somebody like us to just maintain your brand uh, tone of voice you come to us when you want to push the brand further and make it more uh, modern you know to, yeah. to to just stick to a tone of voice or 
a brand message is very old fashioned because as I said, you know, everything's 24 seven. It's always on the, the, the modern brands have the ability to have a point of view. And the reason that they, they have that is because that's what their audiences want. That's what people want from the brands these days. They want honesty, they want integrity, and they want the brands to have an opinion. And the ones that don't have an opinion are the ones that are definitely going to get left behind. And, and you know, it, it could be fame, it can be getting a billboard that people talk about that pushes a taboo subject like, you know, death or ageism, mm-hmm. or it can be something about, you know, something being exciting or being experiential. So for me, you know, I don't just do purpose-based projects. Purpose-based projects are really interesting, but I also loved something like the R. White's Lemonade ad. I'd love to redo something like that. I think there's room for fun. There's room for humor. There's room for lots of different types of voices. Yeah, definitely. And like you were saying, you know, there's room for everybody. And I feel like you are somebody that has always sort of championed like new creative work and sort of uplifted different voices. And I know that you recently did um, an exhibition that was for um, graduate photographers that hadn't necessarily had their, um, you know, like graduation exhibitions and things like that. What sort of tips would you give or for for creatives that want to get into like the advertising industry or, or do what you're doing? Well, I think that it's still an industry that lacks diversity and inclusion. So I think that if you want to come, you know, my parents are working class. I had no connection with the media. Yeah. I kind you're of from Paisley, on. I believe. Yeah. I'm yeah. from Glasgow. Yeah. So I'm originally from Glasgow. My parents had no connection with the media at all. In fact, they used to call people that made advertising and marketing, they, you know, my dad would go, oh, they made a great ad, you know, something like the R. Whites goes, oh, they made a great R. Whites ad. Or, I don't know, uh, Pepsi Cola, you know, um, I don't know why I'm on, on the subject of soft drinks, but, <laughs> you know, those pick up a penguin or, you know, any of those great, my parents would call those people they. Mm-hmm. You know, so they were other to me. And I really had to kind of make my own way to get into this business. And I think that it is still, an, there is an element of it that's still job for the, jobs for the boys or jobs for the family. And um, I think you do have to find those places that want to give you a job and want to give you um, an opportunity. And they're out there. there I mean, it's definitely more and more every every year. Because I think that what we're all realizing is that having that different different set of voices at the table makes the work better. I mean, we definitely uh, organically were about DNI before we were, uh, you know, doing it uh, systematically because it was something that we just naturally did. Yeah. But once I realized that actually having different types of voices made the work. Uh, better and better, the more I was like, no, this should be part of our whole agenda and ethos. You know, it shouldn't just be about equity. It should be about actually doing better work and different voices is what creates different work. And a lot of the projects we do, like visual noise came from one of the team members. I was very keen to do something around a photo festival and they said, why don't we do graduates? And then when you do the graduate show, what happens is you meet 30 incredibly talented photographers and want to give them that opportunity. And really, it's just that kind of 
opening of doors, which is what I think is really important. But it's also the willingness of, you know, yourself to feature that or the media to, to you know, to give us some space for that or, you know, a brand. You know, I've, I've had this idea for a long time, um, which is a kind of an influencer-based idea where I, I've, I've always wanted to create an influencer academy that was related specifically to one brand. So say you get eight to 10 kids in that are really, really good at storytelling already, but then you get the brand to pay for them to be educated in making films, making photography, writing scripts, you know, actually have a, a more formal education. And the quid pro quo is that they then create content for the brand. That to me is the perfect creative team because what mm -hmm. you're getting is people that are actually good at storytelling already and you're, and you're educating them. That's brilliant for the brand because if the brand values are in, in, in line with what these kids are doing, they would make great work for it. But also what make a great TV show, you know, it'd be really interesting to see how brands operate and think and how saying, you know, young influence operates and things and where the, where the, you know, intersection of that is and what, what makes it interesting. That to me is what makes, you know, makes me get up in the morning. That's why I get excited because I'll have people challenge me on stuff within my team and that makes me push myself to do better work. And I think all creative work should be about challenging yourself. You know, if you're just dialing it in, which I think a lot of people do. And of course, a lot of people are, are creatives now. You know, everybody says they're a creator. Um, <laughs> I think that um, you get very average work. There's a really great quote, I think David Bailey said when he was asked, you know, what he thought of everybody being able to take pictures. He said, there'll just be loads more shit pictures, which I think is true. <laughs> so, so yeah. you know, I, I'm all for... Straight to the point. I'm all for, yeah, he's all straight to the point. I'm all for giving people, uh, passing the mic and, you know, giving people opportunity and because that benefits me. It's like, it's, there's something very selfish about being selfless, you know, or about trying to uh, give people platform a platform for their views because you learn so much from it. And I think that any brands out there that want to see the future, that want to see what's going to be happening in five to 10 years, instead of listening to all these people talk about the metaverse and what you know the social media platforms are going to be doing, talk to the kids that are going to be making the work for it because they're much more interesting than, you know, a, a platform, whether it's an editorial platform or a social media platform, explaining to you as a marketing director, you know, what it will mean to be in Web3. It's like the kids that are going to be doing it are the kids that are interested, the things, people that are interesting, not the people that are manufacturing. If we've learned anything from the last 10 years, we should have learned that the people that are making these platforms have got no clue how they work and don't seem to be able to to police them or to be able to use them, they make, make a lot of money out of it from you as a marketing director, but they're not actually helping you uh, navigate what your brand message is and who you are and what your tone of voice is and, you know, and how, in, how, how much it changes. Any brand that's not changing, you know, constantly is, is getting left behind. And for me, that, that's, that's what's really interesting. And that's why I'm still interested in creating advertising and marketing because I think that it's at a really interesting and crucial point where the people that are leaning into that, I hate the expression leaning in, but they're leaning into that are going to be doing some 
brilliant work. Like, you know, advertising can change things these days. And that's never been the case. You know, it's been able to change people's opinions. Maybe it's been able to sell things to people that they might not necessarily have needed or wanted. But it's actually got this power beyond that. And again, you know, I hate to talk about just purpose. It's not just about purpose. It's about enjoyment. You know, all you've got to do is look at Red Bull and you can see that it's gone miles and miles beyond you know, a drink, a fizzy drink. I'm back on fizzy drinks, but, but you know, it has. And, and I think that entertaining people is a whole element of um, entertaining your audience is a whole element that we've not even really started to scratch the surface of. And I think that that as a whole category, again, is really exciting, which goes back to my influencer concept is, is, you know, I wouldn't just get the kids to make stuff. I'd film them and, and talk to them. And, and the education I would get from that would be amazing. So that's why I'm, I'm inquisitive. I'm a nosy photographer and I'm inquisitive about what um, technology and what society and what the uh, is doing and what the inter intersection of that is and how that works and how that's changing, uh, how we discuss things, how we debate things, the echo chambers, all those things. We're a part of it. And if you keep being a part of it and you keep challenging yourself to be a part of it, then you hopefully will create interesting work. You know, I think a lot of people see me as like, oh, he just does purpose and he does lots of charity stuff. But actually, I, I love comedy. I, I love doing comedy work. I love doing uh, things to do with iconography. You know, there's so many different areas and scope in, 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 in what we do in marketing and what we do as an agency, that, you know, every day is different. And I really love every day being different. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you were saying, there's so many facets to the agency because you're bringing your personality to it and you've got so many interests. Um, and I actually love the idea of the film and the kids. Yeah, I mean, somebody will probably, somebody will probably nick it now and, and say... No, but we there. should do it. We should do it before. We should team up and... Well, that uh, would be... I mean, the drum, the drum would be a perfect platform because I think that you could actually, you know, and we could probably then uh, uh, sell up to something like Channel 4 uh, because it would be perfect as a Channel 4 series. And, you know... All, got big dreams. And all you need is a few, <laughs> you know, a few brands... To go, oh, that sounds interesting because you could episodically do it, you know, like you could do an ASOS, you could do, I don't know, anything to do with photography is really interesting. I also think there's a real opportunity for there to be a Blue Peter for photography these days. You know, I think yeah. there should be a TV show for, for five years and up on photography because it's the medium that we're all using to communicate with these days. And our, our knowledge and understanding of it is very, very uh, shallow. It's not, you know, it's a very powerful medium that can be easily ill-used uh, by bad actors and is ill-used. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get negative about it because I'm positive about everything to do with technology. I think you have to be because you have to think of the future as in a positive way. But but it is easy to to not understand how powerful something like filmmaking and photography can be. And we're not, we, we, that hasn't filtered through to education. You know, I get emails occasionally from teachers talking about work that I've done where they've done it in the classroom, but it's, it's, it's not part of the syllabus. It's not part of our education system. And it's like, we're, we're, we're gagging to have, you know, that type of stuff uh, discussed and debated and 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 taught on 
on TV because TV is still the, the entertainment medium that we all can watch. And unfortunately, what has happened is that this gamification and, and you know, this idea of, of um, creating competition to be a way of educating people has become the norm. And it actually isn't, it's not very useful. So I, I'm a big believer in anything that can educate and entertain at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And I think just to maybe wrap up that point as well, it is to do with, you know, listening to the kids. I remember being in high school and wanting to go to Glasgow School of Art and one of our teachers basically saying, well, you'll never get in straight from school. And it's just it, like you were saying, it's listening to kids and having faith yeah, in them and building them up. Absolutely. And I mean, I remember, I remember going to my um, teacher, uh, which was, you know, what, what kind of job prospects have I got, you know, going forward and, and, they, and they look at what you're studying. Like, so you do, I was doing maths, maths and physics. And they said, we have to be an accountant, you know. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, back then being a creative and art and somebody that was into arts was definitely more limited. You had to push through to do it. I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, being a creative is now uh, seen as a profession and is recognised mm -hmm. as such. And you can, you know, it's one of the, what is it, third or fourth biggest industry in, in the UK is the creative industries. Um, I've probably got that statistic wrong, but it is, it is a massive part of, of what we're, um, what, what we're as a, as a country, uh, what Britain are producing is creative, creative solutions for people. Um, and, you know, I think that if you, if you can encourage people to understand the mediums that they're using at an earlier age, and, and, and also the other thing is, is that I'm not just talking about what job we do. I'm talking about every, everybody's using, you know, cameras, camera phones, social media as a way of communicating with each other, as a way of talking yeah. to each other, a way of catching up. And I think that it's very easy uh, for that to be misused and, 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 and kind of misplaced. So, you know, when I talk about that, I talk about, you know, performative uh, posting, you know, pretend, mm -hmm. pretending you're somebody else. All that stuff is 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 super dangerous. And um, wouldn't it be great if kids just understood it a bit earlier? So yeah, they're they're my two topics of of wanting to create entertainment would be getting a load of uh, young kids and you know Blue Peter style showing them how what a camera does and how it works, or getting a load of kids that want to be influencers and teaching them actually how to tell great stories, you know, because out of that, you'll get your, your next Michelle Gondry or, you know, Jonathan Glazier or, you know, War, uh, Walter Campbell, you know, that there's no doubt. Well, I feel like we have pitched a TV show. We've uh, discussed everything. Um, thank you so much. Honestly, it's always great to chat to you and uh, hopefully I'll be able to speak to you soon. That would be amazing. Yeah, you'll need to come up to Glasgow and do an exhibition. Definitely. I'd love to. I'd love to. If, anyone, if anyone is out there in Glasgow listening to this podcast, I would love to do an exhibition in Glasgow. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's get the influencer house in Glasgow. That'll be yeah, a laugh. Yeah, that would be brilliant. <laughs> that would be really funny. The Drum yeah. presents Rankin and the Influencer House and an exhibition of his work. Great. Perfect. From Live from Paisley. We'll do it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rankin. See you later. Bye.